Derek Olson here to reconstruct the prehistoric past with you. In this episode, we are going to look at the exciting news about a new discovery of a huge megalithic complex in Spain, uh, as well as talk about the overall phenomenon of ancient stone circles and their possible relation to a race of ancient giants. But before we do, I want to let you know that registration is now live for our second annual Megalithic Marvels of Egypt tour coming this May. And I want to invite you to join me and renowned Egyptologist and tour guide Muhammad Ibrahim for the adventure of a lifetime, a 12-day expedition to see and touch the world's greatest superstructures. And for a limited time only, you can receive $300 off your registration by using code EGYPT2023. Uh, one word, all caps, Egypt 2023. So I hope you will consider joining us. You can click the first link below in the show notes or, or go to megalithicmarvels.com forward slash tours. Uh, lastly, please subscribe to this podcast uh, from wherever you are listening. Okay, so it was reported just a few days ago at TheGuardian.com and many other news outlets that a huge megalithic complex of more than 500 standing stones was discovered in Spain and the archaeologists there are saying that this prehistoric site could be one of the largest of its kind in Europe. The stones were discovered on a plot of land in Huelva, uh, I believe that's how you pronounce it. It's a province flanking the southernmost part of Spain's border with Portugal. So southern Spain, and it spans about 1,500 acres. And check this out. The land had been earmarked for an avocado plantation. Uh, But before granting the permit, the regional authorities requested a survey in light of the site's possible archaeological significance. And the survey went on to reveal the presence of the stones. I mean, how angry do you think those poor avocado farmers are right now. However, if you're an archaeologist or an ancient history nut like myself, you're pretty excited that this uh, huge megalithic site did not get wiped out and mowed over. Jose Antonio, one of the researchers at Huelva University and one of the project's directors, says, quote, This is the biggest and most diverse collection of standing stones grouped together in the Iberian Peninsula, end quote. He went on to say that it was probable that the oldest standing stones at the site were erected during the second half of the 6th or 5th millennium BC. This is incredible. Uh, At the site, they found a large number of various types of megaliths, including uh, standing stones, dolmens, mounds, coffin-like stone boxes they call uh, cysts, and enclosures. And the standing stones were the most common finding. There was 526 of them still standing or lying on the ground, according to the archaeologists. The height of the stones is anywhere between one and three meters high. But one of the most striking things was that they unearthed such a diverse megalithic uh, group of different elements that were all grouped together in one location. Uh, One of the co-directors said that uh, finding alignments and dolmens on one side is is not common. And here they found it all together, what they call alignments, cromlechs, and dolmens. And that's very striking, they said. Uh, Most of the menhirs were grouped together in 26 different alignments 
and two cromlechs, both located on hilltops, and they have a clear view to the east for viewing the sunrise during the summer and winter solstices in the spring and autumn equinoxes. So we can see there how they're aligned. And many of the stones are still buried deep in the earth, and they say it's going to take until 2026 to probably fully and carefully excavate this site. I mean, this is incredible. Um, and then the directors also said there will be a part of the site that will be able to be visited uh, by tourists at the uh, start of next year. This is a really amazing modern day discovery. And this got me thinking about the overall phenomenon of ancient stone circles. So I wanted to read some uh, parts from Hugh Newman's book called uh, Stone Circles. Hugh says, Stone circles conjure up a world of mysterious ceremonies, druid astronomers, pagan dances, and inquisitive antiquarians. Stonehenge is also well known for its summer solstice sunrise, and research over the last 60 years has shown that many other circles likewise use sky and landscape alignments to mark astronomical events, with many also sharing geometrical forms and measurement systems. How such mighty rings were constructed has long baffled archaeologists and other interested parties. Whoever made these magnificent structures had a very deep understanding of engineering, surveying, geometry, and astronomy. Hugh goes on to talk about the incredible stone circles found in Turkey at Gobekli Tepe. Now, these things are 6,500 years older than Stonehenge in Europe. This is crazy to think about. So Gobekli Tepe was flourishing an astonishing 12,000 years ago, and its preserved stone circles, which are the oldest in the world thus far, uh, they number as many as 60 across the site. And they exhibit impressive degrees of technical and, and artistical skill, and they consist of like these T-shaped pillars, which are up to 20 feet tall. Uh, many of them decorated with these very enigm enigmatic animal reliefs, scorpions, boars, lions, and abstract human forms as well, wearing belts with these strange H and U shapes on them. Uh, the taller stones rest in shallow nests on bedrock with small supportive dry stone walls built in between. In some enclosures, two central pillars orient towards a hold stone, and the largest and oldest is 65 feet wide, and there's still an enormous limestone pillar that sits in the nearby quarry. It's a staggering 24 feet long. Now, a little bit more about Gobekli Tepe. Over some 3,000 years, the circles were eventually filled in with rubble to create these mounds. And other circular enclosures are built on top of them. And then around 8000 BC, this entire complex was like carefully reconstructed and covered up. And this is interesting because the oldest rings found at the site are the biggest and most sophisticated. So a lot going on with the stone circle universe, especially where it seems to have all began at Gobekli Tepe. Uh, Hugh makes some other great points about the Neolithic explosion of the earliest megaliths. And he says, as we have seen, 
Uh, the Turkish stone circles were being constructed over 12,000 years ago, but elsewhere around the Mediterranean, other early sites testify to similar activity. The uh, Atlet Yim is a submerged semicircle off the coast of Israel, and it dates to 6900 BC. And then the earliest phase of the Cromlech das Almandres in Portugal dates to 6000 BC. Uh, and then six and a half thousand years ago, what we now call megalithic structures began to appear in Brittany, France, and Britain. Uh, ancient British tribes heaped earth upon dry stone walled chambers to create tomb temples called long barrows or barrows. These en enigmatic sites, such as the West Kennet Long Barrow, uh, date mostly from the early Neolithic and predate the much grander constructions like those at Avebury, Silbury Hill, and Stonehenge. So it's crazy to see how this phenomenon just kind of began to explode all over the world, from the Middle East uh, to Europe uh, and elsewhere, as we're seeing down there in southern Spain. So how did they construct these ancient stone circles? I found this really interesting. Uh, in Geoffrey of Monmouth's 1150 book, The History of the Kings of Britain, he shares a tantalizing legend that Merlin, uh, in constructing Stonehenge, used gears to move stones from Ireland. And this book also mentions giants, and the earliest known depiction of the site, which you can Google, uh, depicts Merlin directing a giant moving a massive lintel in place. Now, unlike Stonehenge, which kind of has these beautifully cut stones, um, many stone circles are built from more just rough hewn stones. However, they're still multi-ton. So they still had to be transported, aligned, and set in place. So there's some mystery and intrigue regarding how they were constructed. Let's talk now about archaeoastronomy. Uh, discoveries, in, discoveries in the late 1800s by Alfred Lionel Lewis and others uh, showed that many of the megalithic sites had astronomical alignment. In the 1920s, Alfred Watkins and other lay hunters soon found that almost all the stone circles are on what we would call a ley line, where their orientation is often a clue to another site in the corresponding direction. So why were they built? That's kind of really the big question uh, in a lot of people's minds. Uh, here's some interesting stuff Hugh points out. Uh, many stone circles have acoustic properties that can enhance and relocate the human voice. Some stones, when hit, they actually reverberate. And uh, were these used to affect human consciousness? In ancient times, there's a mysterious kind of stone structure circle called the Men Antal in Cornwall. And this is the oral legends say that it, it was used to cure sick infants. And research by John Burke suggests that the uh, circle builders were interested in the telluric currents in underground water as a way of charging seeds and grains to increase. Yields. Man, I found that very interesting. 
man, that got my wheels spinning. This is a whole nother rabbit trail, but you know, it makes me wonder all these crazy crop circles that are appearing in Europe. And it seems like on an accelerated rate, did those have any relation to these ancient sites and these stone circles um, in Europe? So being that we're talking a lot about megaliths of Europe and down there in Spain and Stonehenge in the UK, I wanted to pull a few nuggets out of Steve Quayle's book, Genesis Six Giants, where he talks about the relationship in the oral legends of, of megaliths and ancient giants. And he talks about how not a lot is known about the people who had become known as the Celts. It is known that they migrated across Asia Minor through Northern Europe and into what have become the Celtic countries of Wales, Scotland, and Ireland. Uh, most accounts of them include references to the giants that were often found among them. The ancient Greek historian Pausanias called them, quote, the world's tallest people, end quote. Modern historians uh, now believe that, in fact, the giants among the Celts were a ruling class that held control over the indigenous population that formed the majority of the Celtic tribes. Um, uh, modern historian uh, Gerhard Herm agrees that the Celts were blonde giants who stuck, struck terror in the hearts of every foe. Even in the mightiest of mighty Rome. Uh, as such, the Celts fought several ferocious wars with Rome and captured, sacked, and burnt many Roman outposts to the ground. Although the Romans would eventually devise methods de of defeating these giant warriors, attacking long legs that couldn't be guarded by the massive shields these creatures carried, the blue-eyed blonde giants inspired terror among those facing them in battle for the first time. So this fast expanding nation that comprised the Celtic peoples and the giants who supposedly commanded them, according to Strabo, eventually grew to some 60 different tribes, each with its own name. Uh, but once they settled in Europe, they decided to shed their derisive name, which means robbers, and begin calling themselves the Celti, uh, which denotes like potent and valiant men. Uh, the Greeks, however, understood them to say Galatae, while their Roman neighbors heard them heard their name as Galae, and then the uh, Aborigines of France, meanwhile, called them the Gauls. So these potent and valiant man, men continued to rob and pillage everywhere they went, but in their new land, their new name of Celtic better fit their appearance, uh, which alone was supposedly enough to demoralize their enemies. Uh, even the Romans, ordinarily uh, very brave uh, warriors, came to dread the sight of the Celtes. And uh, concerning their frightening look, uh, Latin historian of Greek origin, Amineus Marcellinus, wrote this, quote, Nearly all the Gauls are of a lofty stature, fair and of ruddy complexion, terrible from the sternness of their eyes, very quarrelsome and of great pride and insolence. A whole troop of foreigners would not be able to withstand a single Gaul if he called his wife to his assistance, who is usually very strong and with blue eyes. Least of all, when she swells her neck and gnashes her teeth, 
and poisoning her huge white arms, proceeds to rain punches mingled with kicks, like shots discharged by the twisted cords of a catapult. The voices of most of them are formidable and threatening alike when they are good-natured or angry. The ancient historian Diodorus, in a similar account, uh, writes this, quote, The Gauls are terrifying in aspect, and their voices are deep and altogether harsh. When they meet together, they converse with few words and in riddles, hinting darkly at things for the most part and using one word when they mean another. And they like to talk in superlatives to the end that they may extol themselves and depreciate all other men. Tall in stature, with rippling muscles and a white of skin, and their hair is blonde and not naturally so. But they also make it their practice by artificial means to increase the distinguishing color which nature has given it. So there are some legends and oral traditions for you. Uh, regarding possible ancient giants that once lived in Europe. I should also state uh, there are countless uh, old newspaper articles that you can find from the late 1800s, early 1900s that document uh, giant discoveries of, you know, skeletons between 8 and 10 feet plus found uh, in Europe. Uh, I mentioned Hugh Newman. He documents a lot of those in his uh, books regarding giants. So the big question is, uh, is there a connection between ancient giants of antiquity and these uh, megaliths, these stone circles we see all across Europe and that new discovery down in Spain? Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to check out my last episode with Dr. Robert Schock discussing the various mysteries of the Great Sphinx. You can click the link below in the show notes, and I'll see you over there. Until next time, keep exploring. Keep exploring.